0: Hey there, it's JVL. On The Secret Show with Sarah Longwell today, we talked about the DeSantis runaway on Ukraine and the DeSantis big old fight with Trump. And then we talked a little bit about how this is suddenly starting to feel a lot like 2016 in the conservative primary. Here's the show. Ron DeSantis is running. Wait. So Wait, he, did, he he's running he and running. No, well, we know he's running.
1: Oh, you mean the, he's running like from his answers? Uh,
0: well, <laughs> that too, <laughs> because he has done his first attempt at a pivot. So after mm. having his his wrists ever so ever so gently tapped, not even slapped, just tapped by Conservatism Inc. last week over his position on Ukraine. He went to do cleanup with Piers Morgan uh, for Fox Nation and then for posting in the New York Post, because I guess Rupert Murdoch's job now is stage managing the campaign of Ron DeSantis. That seems fine. Uh, and it was it's been widely portrayed as a a walk back, right? He learned his lesson. You know, he got crossways with the with the the real, the true conservatives. And he's, you know, don't worry. This guy is solid. You can, you know, he, he knows who the boss is (laughs) and Will Salatin, our colleague has a fantastic piece up today on the bulwark where he goes through line by line, everything DeSantis has said about Ukraine. And he says, this wasn't a walk back. He didn't walk back anything. Uh, And in fact, in some ways he doubled down on, on his previous position and it's very, very interesting to me for for like three different reasons, one of which is what it says about the DeSantis operations' internal sense of their positioning in the race. I think it signals some concern on their part. I think it signals that they are not thrilled with where they are right now. Uh, it gives us a little bit of a data point about how nimble DeSantis is as a candidate. And the answer is not super nimble. Uh, and it tells us a little bit about where Republican voters really are on this stuff, I think, because his, his attempt at a walk back doesn't really walk it back. So it's all, anyway, all of this is super interesting to me. And, uh, I was interested as to whether or not you had thoughts.
1: Yeah, I got a ton of DeSantis thoughts in in large part because we're getting a bunch of new information. It may not yes. feel like it's a lot, but it feels like a lot. And I realized just how little information we had about him. You know, something I argue all the time is that, you know, that the voters have a deep relationship with Trump, like good, bad, ugly. They know who this guy is. They got it. DeSantis, right? They've seen him yell at some teenagers in masks. They've seen him fight with Disney. They've seen him do what they think is a good job with COVID down in his home state. Uh, but like, and they see him yelling at reporters and so they think that guy's good. Um, they also like Trump, like the Venn diagram of people who like Trump and people who like DeSantis is like not quite a perfect circle, but because Trump's got some people over here who are the always Trump or crazy people. And DeSantis has some people over here for whom Trump was too far, but mostly people who like Trump like DeSantis and vice versa. Uh, and so we but over the last like what two weeks, nine days, we have gotten both uh, a glimpse into his strategy and how he's going to try to take on Trump, which is to basically run without any daylight between he and Trump, policy-wise. Um, He's going to try to be a little cute uh, when taking his jabs at Trump. Oh, it's a sanctimonious. <laughs> and how's, I don't know the vowels. And then he's going to try to, you know, I don't know. I don't know I know about porn stars and whatever. Like, that's how he was going to handle it. What else have we learned? We've also learned how Trump supporters are going to handle DeSantis, uh, right, which is they're going to go after him, something that DeSantis has not experienced before, right? It's, it's not just taken on the libs. Now, the people who like Trump and who are open to DeSantis, here's the thing he's learning. It's a tough lesson, which is, and this was always one of the questions we were asking ourselves, will DeSantis criticizing Trump alienate Trump voters or will uh, Trump, you know, taking swings at DeSantis alienate, uh, you know, DeSantis voters who want to move on from Trump and, like, really piss them off at Trump. And I think one of the things that we've learned, and it's probably something I think we could have guessed, which is that Trump's people are going to be a lot more ferocious than Desantis's people. They're going to come harder. They're going to demand fealty. They're going to make people nervous. And watching the anti-anti-Trumpers DeSantis stands valiantly clubbing away over the last week trying to be like, but Trump is a grifter, but Trump is inconsistent, but Trump doesn't care about conservatism, is just such a reminder that it's easy to forget the rules never applied to Trump. All Mm -hmm. the conventional rules don't apply to Trump. And just like they didn't apply to Trump, but did apply to Biden, you're starting to see a little bit of they still don't apply to Trump, but they do apply to DeSantis in some ways. Uh, And... I can't, so now he's, now now he's caught a little bit in between trying to do two things. One is, I got to chip away at always Trump voters, and so I'm going to be as much like Trump, but I also have to be all things to all people, which creates this sense that I'm, like, all over the place, uh, and I don't know who I am, and I'm not exactly authentic and comfortable, and people are smelling that, and it smells a little bit like fear. Um, and then that's coupled with, this is the other thing he's never experienced, he has gotten to just live in Florida and be running without running, without giving national opinions, and he hasn't had the press, So and and his and so he's got these good poll numbers, right? Half the polls that come out have him leading, but now he's dealing with a slide story, a story about Trump. Oh, Trump is like, I mean, i I've talked to, I don't know, 12 reporters over the last 72 hours. They're all writing the same piece. It's all about DeSantis' slide, and Trump is gaining steam, and why is that, and what's happening? he hasn't quite had to deal with that before. Now like I've said, I said this on the next level. It's early and so I think that there's time for him to maybe find his footing, recalibrate a little bit. But I said this on TV yesterday and I really believe this to be true. I think Mona I think this was Mona's line, but like there's no way around Trump. There's only through him. Mm-hmm. And like if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Preach and DeSantis, it. DeSantis is going to have to find a way to like be this alpha and the the coy stuff. I think we like it. I think the anti anti's like it. They think, look at how smooth he is. Look at how deftly he handled that. But you know what? Trump voters hate it. They see it for what it is, and they're coming for him. They got the knives out. And I think that people are remembering how hard it is to try to nail this guy's Jello to the wall.
0: The, the I mean. One of the lessons of 2016 was that what Republican voters want is the politics of dominance, right? Just a guy yeah. who is always barreling for they want authenticity and dominance. They don't want the right positions. They don't want smooth. They don't want smart. They want the the alpha dog who never apologizes for nothing and just goes straight and was willing to go to 11, and the first thing I think is like, I'm sorry, DeSantis thinks he has to go out and clean up his Ukraine thing. What he should have done is gone out and said, no, let me take this back. You know, I, actually, I'm rooting for Putin. <laughs> no, fuck you guys, right? Like, it turns out these Ukrainians are a bunch of corrupt gangsters and and anti-Semite Nazis. And, you know, we.
1: Oh, did you listen to my focus group? <laughs> That's exactly what they said.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But that that would have been, you know, the dominance politics response to the Wall Street Journal tutting at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And instead, what he did was the worst of both worlds, which is he went to do a cleanup, but then didn't actually clean it up. And uh, that's that's a problem, I think, just because, again, what it tells us about him. Standard disclaimer. None of us want none of us here in this on this show want Donald Trump to be the Republican nominee. Donald I aggressively ingress- don't want Donald Trump is, to be the nominee. Is 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 a very dangerous thing for the country. Uh, my buddy Chris Saliza has a, a post up today about how, like, anybody who is talking themselves into thinking that Donald Trump can't be elected president in 2024 is absolutely whistling past the graveyard. Uh, 100% he could win. You know, this is – and in fact, his chance to win would probably be – Coin flip or slightly less than a coin flip. Yeah. Like it's you know, the the, the idea that like, oh, well, if Trump's the nominee, then uh Joe Biden has a hundred percent chance to beat him. No. Sorry, not true. Biden not might true. have a sixty percent chance to beat him, but yeah. uh you know, maybe. That depends if we're not in a recession or not. If we are in a recession, depends if that. Joe
1: Biden's healthy or not.
0: Yeah. So uh and all of this combines with uh you know, the, the to have to have the poll numbers showing Trump doing pretty well against Biden, right? Which knocks out another leg of the stool of Desantis's case for himself. Yep. Right, and so Bill, we talked a lot about this last night on the the live stream, which is only for members of Bulwark Plus. Got to join to get that. It's good stuff. Um And Bill noted that. There have been a couple moments recently where DeSantis's political instincts seem really, really wrong. And Trump's have seemed very right. Uh, and he pointed to the Silicon Valley Bank run. So uh, DeSantis goes out and says, this is all because of the woke, right? That's what he blames it on. And Trump's, Trump's line on the Silicon Valley Bank was uh, – Look at what Joe Biden is doing to our economy. We could wind up in a Great Depression with runs on the banks and instability. When I was president, we had the greatest economy in the history of America. Mm-hmm. One of those is so dumb it's cringy. And one of those, I think, is pretty effective fear-mongering. And, you know, I, I think Trump's instincts on that are right. And just as a political matter, right? Yeah. And, and DeSantis's instincts on this are wrong as a political matter. Uh, can I give you another one? Yeah, please.
1: Okay, here's another one. Ron DeSantis had been able to, he was down there in Florida, and we were talking about this, like, Ron DeS- I kept saying, Ron DeSantis is just going to stay down there in Florida, and he's going to govern, be the governor, he's going to wage culture wars, he's going to get media as, like, in charge, he's going to fight with the news, and, you know, he's going to expand the Don't Say Gay and be the culture war guy down there, and he's going to get to ride that through his legislative session probably into June and won't even have to deal with Trump. And Trump's whole deal is he wants to bait DeSantis in, right? He's trying to goad him into engaging with him. Well, this is before DeSantis has a big team, a big operation. uh, He hasn't necessarily consolidated his support. So like, and DeSantis did get goaded in, right? He like, he got into it and he didn't quite know this was going to happen, but like he got pulled into it before he was ready. And I think this was a mistake. Like he was doing well. Uh, why are, people, uh, people keep asking me why, why are Desantis's numbers sliding? And I'm like, cause they're seeing DeSantis. Yeah. Like he worked better. It was always, can he live up to the hype? Because that mythology of DeSantis is better than real dude DeSantis. And he should have milked that longer in building his coalition. And he should have had a much bigger team around him by the time he decided to engage. Um, he doesn't have a foreign policy advisor. Like he hasn't staked out what his position is, and so now he's seat of his pants trying to figure it out. And uh, I think that was a mistake.
0: So here's here's another an, another example uh, is the Ukraine stuff, right? So DeSantis is is caught in this policy well territorial dispute but actually russia has had the the southeastern regions for a long time and we shouldn't be probably and trump's position is joe biden is going to start world war three i will stop world war three
1: mm-hmm.
0: i just think that's a much as a as a, <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of like finding making it you know staking out a political position uh i i just think that's better and smarter so here here's the thing that makes me deep in my soul depressed and what makes me deep in my soul depressed is that if desantis is the nominee there will be some percentage of trump voters who believe all of this maga stuff so completely that they will have the courage of their own convictions and not show up for desantis
1: yeah they won't
0: vote for biden and if Trump is running for as a third party, they'll they'll vote for him. Or if he's not running as a third party, they won't vote. And it won't be, you know, it won't be 50 million people. But, you know, it could be 2 million people. Sure. Like yeah. If Donald Trump is the nominee, all of these DeSantis stands who have been preaching about getting past Trump and how, well, of course we have to, but the only way to beat Trump is to... to None of those people have the courage. None of those people are going to go line up to vote for Biden or are going to stay home and sit on their hands. They will all just dutifully say, yep, got to vote for Trump, I guess. And that asymmetry is, I mean, in, in one way, that's how... That's how Trump won in 2016 in the first place, because he saw that those people who are the, the gatekeepers of conservatism and republicanism were so weak and so compromised that they'd put up with they'll they'll take anything, you know, and he he saw that, you know, whereas people you and I, I think, thought I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I thought in 2016, if this guy's the nominee. There's gonna be a mass exodus from the party of yes. the people in in my world who just say, Nope, I guess we've gotta be like the neoconservatives now and switch teams, you know, because this is this is an existential threat in the same way that communism and the Cold War was an existential threat, and we've got to be on the side that's on the and that I was wrong. There was like 15 of us. <laughs> you know? And they all
1: went came to work for the bulwark. Uh, uh you know what it's funny, we don't we like now it's like just part of our history or whatever, but we don't always we don't revisit as much these days, like what it was like back then. But like the thing what, what's crazy, I think, uh, and we've been mocking them for it. But like, let's go a layer deeper and think about the National Review at that time was our was our shield. The National Review was writing against Trump. They were they were making the argument and everyone we knew, everyone we knew in our circles. Was against Trump. I was working with tons of people in the primaries who all wanted every donor. Everybody wanted to look for every and way. Open
0: letters, and you know,
1: get this guy out of here. And we thought we could. And the thing that we everybody was like once he was the nominee, which was a disaster. Everybody was like. They were pulling back, but everyone is like, "Was you know, Hillary's got to just deal with this, you know, like, and this will be good, and we'll all." Hillary
0: will take care of this for us. He'll yeah, take care. That's she'll right. take care of the son of a bitch for us. That's right. But we won't vote for Hillary. No. But and we won't tell. And we will attack to vote. Hillary. We will attack Hillary endlessly. But we're going to all secretly hope she wins. <laughs> yes,
1: because we're certain she will. Because of course, this can't happen. And it's like we're so watching watching. um the National Review and and its acolytes, the people on Twitter, watching them valiantly right now, both criticize like they are exasperated. You can just they they are they cannot believe this is happening again. They are fighting valiantly for DeSantis. Uh they have been uh like I think it's like a kick in the chest when they see DeSantis siding with Trump on things like Ukraine. That's like brutal for them, but they're like. Nope, but we got to do this, and we will. And so now they're out there slugging away at all these people. On but the thing is, the people who were big Trump stands, and who, by the way, their livelihoods and their all their audience and everything else was built around Trump, they've had like a kind of a lame couple of years, uh, right? It's been a boring couple yeah. of years for them. And he has not taken
0: care of them. Right? He, he has a little money for himself. He's not helping them make money anymore.
1: But you know what? Now they're back in action because you know what? They got an enemy, and it's the DeSantis people. And they are that that's the rally around Trump effect like they're out there to make sure people stay on side to make sure every candidate is going to go uh, to bat for Trump against this Soros funded DA and they're going to try to enforce and impose Uh, they're going to make sure DeSantis stays in line and he has not dealt with this before those people were on his side against the liberals down there now they're against him and he's going to realize they're vicious uh and terrible and disgusting just like Trump. And they're going to do all kinds of damage to him. And this National Review crowd and these anti-antis are going to once again find themselves like confronting the fact. And I wonder if they're confronting the fact that the voters aren't who they think they are. Yeah. Well, they
0: they the voters are who they know. that. I mean, it's like Marco Rubio warning that if if Donald Trump is indicted and arrested, that you know, there could be civil war. Great
1: reporting well, by our Joe Perdicone yesterday, by the way.
0: If that's true, Senator Rubio, then doesn't that mean that your voters are potential insurrectionists and confederates? Isn't that a problem, sir? <laughs> Don't you think that maybe you should either not be asking those voters for their votes or you should be working to counter those voters? Because that sounds to me like you're those people you're describing are essentially terrorists. Uh, domestic terrorists, that's a problem, no?
1: Oh, you should write that for the triad. That's a good piece.
0: Maybe I will. Um, but, uh, but the, here's the other, again, I don't want this to turn into airing of the grievances. I worry that this is a little bit airing the grievances, but all, all of the people in our worlds who were so anti-Trump and who, you know, all that stuff that you just, just talked about a minute ago. The thing that really gets me is that it is not the case that Trump became president and then it turned out that the fears were all overblown, right? There, right? there, was actually some of this on Reagan, right? There was a lot in, in the conservative establishment in, in 1980. There was a lot. And Reagan is a hothead. He's going to start World War III. Uh, he's just an actor, and then he becomes president. And actually, the things are okay, right? You know, he, it turns out he's he's quite thoughtful. He, he handles the economy well, even if you don't like supply side economics. He Manages the confrontation with the Soviet Union in a very deft way. Um, with Trump, he becomes president, and it turns out that he is worse than all the warnings about him were. Mm-hmm. So it isn't the case that, like, it turns out they made a bet and the bet came home for them because it was like, actually, you know, yeah, it turns out he's fine. It was worse. And they just kept going.
1: Yeah, I know. you, you You're – First of all, you're right about that. And you could be right that, like, maybe we're airing grievances or whatever. But part of what's happening right now, it just feels so close to what happened back then. And so, like, I'm reminded of that visceral feeling of watching everybody who was who we were with, who was on our side, who was making total sense, watching them, like, make the pivot to being yeah. pro-Trump. And, like, what how devastating that was. Because suddenly... We were the only ones still saying the thing we had all said. Not only that, and this is here too, they came for us. Like, while Trump was <laughs> happening, we became the, the like, whipping boy on this. Like, it was our fault, all of it. And it's, like, a little bit of that now, right, where they're like, well, it'll be like, well, you guys aren't defending DeSantis hard enough. And I'm like... Do you? What do you think of Elise Stefanik coming out and saying that uh, Trump's the only way to go, and that DeSantis is you know wrong, or uh, like, uh, or Nikki Haley saying that Ron DeSantis is a copycat of Trump, and that we need somebody who is not a copycat? I'm sorry, guys, you have bigger fish to fry. We are not your problem. We will grudgingly vote in a Republican primary for DeSantis, uh, but like, but we're still the problem, right? Like they will continue and
0: it's all about self residual self-image I think right I, th- I think the reason that uh, that the never Trumpers are the problem is because if the never Trumpers didn't exist then they wouldn't have to feel guilty yeah because they say, see like everybody every day it's like well, some some idiot uh tweeted after after Trump lost He's like, now it is finally possible to say that all the things you know were bad and to plan for a, a new conservative future and my buddy Adam White replied to that dude was like it was always possible hey again it's jvl the conversation goes on from there if you want to hear the rest of the show head on over to bulwark plus and subscribe we'd love to have you